0: This is season three, episode four of the Going to Beyond the Food Pro series. And today we answer the question when is it time to go full time in your non diet business? And we have a guest, Kelsey Murphy. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going Beyond the Food Show Pro Edition. I'm Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food Method, a global coaching and online training approach focused on helping women make peace with food and their bodies so they can live a fulfilling life right now. This special podcast series is designed for the health pro wanting to integrate the non diet approach in their practice. So if you're a nutritionist, a health coach, a dietitian, a doctor, a therapist, or fitness pro, this special podcast series is specially designed for you. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hello, my dear sister colleague, and we're back for an interview because today we're talking about a topic or I'm answering the question. Remember that season three is all about answering questions from our community of non diet practitioner or practitioner that want to become non diet. And this is very relevant to this question. And It was a variation of this question, when is it time to go full-time, or when is it time to quit my job, or when is it time to fully transition my current practice to the non-diet approach? So the content of this episode will help you at any point of your business decision. Either you have a practice or you're about to quit your corporate gig, we have a way me and Kelsey have created this interview in a way that you can take the takeaway and apply it to your situation. And before we kickstart the interview, I wanted to share my story of how I answered those questions for myself. I went full time and I transitioned my business. So before we go into my story, I want to make a disclaimer. The business world is not new to me. I open, ran, closed businesses for nearly 15 years in my past career. So for those who don't know, I worked in the corporate world for the number one retailer in Canada for 15 years before going back to school and coming to the world of health and wellness. So my acumen for business is greater than the vast majority of health practitioner just because of my past career, my past life experience and my level of tolerance for business decision and business handling situation is again greater. So I don't want you to take my story and compare yourself to me because that would then probably create a lot of activated nervous system for many of you. But here's my quick story on how I started my first business. So I was going to school, I was doing my degree in nutrition, and I didn't wait till the end of my degree to actually start working with clients. I started working with clients halfway through my degree. And then three months before the end of my degree, I started to work on opening my physical clinic I had a roster of clients I think at the time I had seven or eight clients and then I started to think forward and that's my business acumen like what is my business going to look like and I knew it would take time to build so I hired a coach who specialized in helping local nutrition practitioner open their business and then we went to work. I hired her for six months to literally hold my hand to every step. Now, although I have 15 years of overall business experience, I had no clue how the nutrition industry worked. So I hired someone who knew what they were doing. And then we opened the clinic literally the day that I graduated. The day I graduated, instead of having a graduation party, I had a open house party for My clinic. And I operated my clinic for about three years. And then I transitioned my business to the non diet model. So the same pattern happened. I didn't like jump in cold feet. I had my own journey of transitioning my own body, my own life to the non diet approach, going through my journey of intuitive eating, starting to work on my body image and realizing that I needed to go online, I could no longer do the seven or eight clients in the day one appointment after the other and selling supplements and all. I couldn't do this. But I knew there would be a transition period. Right. So I started working to build beyond the food while I was operating my clinic. And I hired a coach. Her name is Jen Lehner. I'm still friend with her today. And she guided me every step of the way on how to run a business online, right? I started working on my online presence one year before I actually shut down my clinic. And then I took a leap of faith (laughs) and I opened Beyond the Food and it wasn't easy. But I knew in my heart that I was doing the right thing by me and for the world. And I knew my income would crumble, I knew this was going to happen, so I prepared. Right in that transition period, I sold my house in Toronto, downsized my car, moved myself to a smaller town where the, the cost of living would be smaller. You have to remember, I'm an independently owned female business, and I don't have a partner in my personal life or my business. So Everything to sustain me is created by me. So I had to like move myself to a smaller town where I could buy a house outright and not have a mortgage. And I sold my car and bought a car, a cheap car. So I didn't have any car payment to make. I set myself up so I could have very little income and survive. This is how passionate I was about and still am about beyond the food. And then I grinded again, right? Every step of my professional life, that it is in the corporate world or in the business world, I started at the bottom and worked my way up. My corporate days, I was a part-time cashier when I started with this retailer. And then 15 years later, I was the vice president of the company. And in between that, I have done every job. That's why I was good, because I knew how to do everything within this industry. The same thing happened online. That's what I call the grind. And I know I need to do a full episode on the grind coming up for you. Actually, I think I may do that for, we have a private podcast in our non-diet mentorship uh, program. So I'll probably do a, an episode for them first and then maybe next season, Bring it over to the public podcast here. But anyway, the grind is that period of time when you start a business, when you know nothing and you need to do everything, right? So you have to learn to create a website. You have to learn to create an email list. You have to learn to create an opt-in. You have to learn what all those things are, right? They didn't even know what an opt-in was back then right? I had to learn to run a webinar. I had to learn to create a webinar presentation, use the software. I did it all. Now the grind is not hustling. Two different things (laughs) for another day. Hustling to me is painful. It's like selling your soul to the devil and I, maybe there's different opinion, but that's mine at this point. So hustling is, is one thing. The grind is just you building your business and learning every step of the way. It's like when you were a baby practitioner, right? You just graduated, or maybe like me, before you even graduated, you had no idea what you were doing, right? Today, you look back at those clients, you're like, oh, Took me a long time to get from point A to point B with them. Today, ten years later, as an experienced practitioner, you'd probably be able to move your client from point A to point B in like two appointments instead of ten. Right? That's why you charge more as an experienced practitioner versus when you start, because you you just don't have as much experience and you can't move people as fast from point A to point B. Right? So the grind is that. There's also the grind as a practitioner, when you learn your skills and you practice and you're like, "Eh, this is not working. Let me try something else, right? So the grind in building a business is the exact same thing, is when you learn to embody your business. Here's another example for you. The grind is, for those of you who have done their intuitive eating journey, it's like, You know, the first time when you bring the forbidden food in the house and then you have this intense relationship with that food for two weeks and you feel all the emotion and out of control and oh my God, I want it again. I don't feel good. Like You have this intense relationship with that forbidden food that you're now trying to learn how to coexist with without rules. That's the grind. The same thing happened in your business. The same thing happens in your professional life as a practitioner. There's a grind period. So let's go back. We'll full, full circle back to the question we're going to answer. When is it time to go full time? Before you can answer this question, you need to understand what's the journey. I think I give you some level of what the journey is going to look like. And then it's to understand what is your capacity to handle that stretch, because there is going to be some fear around this question of quitting your job or stop taking clients that want to talk about diets, right? It's going to be that period where things are going to be different, like I did, like I set up myself financially to be able to do that. What is your capacity to handle the stress? And it's different for each one of us. So these are all the things you need to think about before making this decision. That's why I brought a guest. I know this was was a (laughs) lanty intro to the podcast, but I wanted to set up our conversation for you to be able to use it in the right way. I brought this guest on today, Kelsey Murphy because she coaches people on this exact topic, day in and day out. Kelsey is a business and life coach. That's what I love about her. She's just not a business coach. She understands how the brain works. So she's a business and a life coach. She's part of Mary Forleo B-School leadership team. And she coaches side-by-side with Mary and other coaches thousands of entrepreneurs who want to start their business. That's what Mary, if you don't know Mary Folio, she runs a a general business school called The Biz School. So she coaches people on that topic all the time. So I wanted to have a conversation with her to see how she's seeing that question unfolding for her and with her client. And she has one quote that I want to share with you that I think is going to set up this interview properly. She says you are one decision away from a completely different life. So without further ado, let's go to the interview with Kelsey and I'll be back. Welcome to the show, Kelsey.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. It's an honor to be here.
0: It is a pleasure to have you here to interact on that question, when is it time to go full time? Because I know that's a question that a lot of the people listening to this podcast have, you're either just graduated from your health degree, or like, is it time for me to go like full time on the non diet approach? So that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, what is your own business journey?
1: Oh, I mean, <laughs> we could be on here for hours, but uh <laughs> So, I never had any intentions of running a business. Uh, that was never like a big dream or goal of mine. Um I'm I'm very much someone who likes to keep things simple. I'm an introvert. I like to just chill in the background. I'm definitely an introvert with an opinion. <laughs> like I definitely have an opinion on things. Um but I I very much like to stay in my kind of little cozy corner and uh, the idea of building a, a big enough business to make me enough money you know that I wanted to make was like I don't know that 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 sounds like the right route for me. So uh, I never went into this wanting to build a business. My background is in advertising. I started at an advertising company up in San Francisco um, and it was kind of one of those things I come from a small town. And I decided one day that I just, I wanted to live in the big city, you know? So I threw all my stuff in my car, drove up to the the city of San Francisco, slept on my best friend's couch for like a couple of weeks and interviewed for like any possible job I could get. It was like an assistant being a marketing, an assistant for a realtor, an assistant for financial and a financial advisor, you know, I was just kind of trying to get my foot in the door somewhere. And I landed in this advertising agency, you know, just, uh, you know, I showed up and there was dogs walking around and everyone's in jeans and hanging out and I was like, "Oh, this looks fun." Like, sure, I'll take this job. This sounds great, you know. And I was making nothing and I basically ran around and got people coffees. Um, but what I discovered was that I loved the creative environment. Like there was something really cool about the creativity and they were talking about strategy and humans, like the human psychology of advertising, right? How to understand what what their pain points are and how you could really helps all that for them and how you could communicate that in a 30-second ad you know, and, and I found it fascinating. And so I, so it became became my home and I, and I put my blood, sweat and tears into it and I climbed the ranks, you know, and I ended up being one of the youngest account directors there taking on huge accounts like um, GoPro and Elizabeth Arden and Nintendo. And I was running these incredible accounts and, and I ended up flying all over the world, working with people like Britney Spears and Bono and doing all these very fun, fancy things (laughs) like on paper. It was like, Oh, you have a cool job, Kelsey. I'm like, I do. Right. Like, and I worked hard for that job. Oh my goodness. Um, and what was really crazy was probably, I mean, I probably did that job for about seven, eight years and probably year two. I knew it was like, not my, not my job. Like it, you know, and year two kind of like that, that newness had, it it wore off. And I realized that while I loved human psychology, I loved all the things about this. This wasn't my home. This wasn't where I was going to run to when I had kids and want to leave my kids to go to this job. You know, like this wasn't something that was sustainable. I was looking at all of the other women in in that world wondering like which one of these is going to be my mentor and none of them were quite living the lifestyle i wanted they were all kind of always at the office you know like um having to choose between being home with their kids and and going to the the christmas play or showing up for the big client meeting and i was watching this happening being like i know this is not the life that i want so i i even though i stayed there for a long time because it 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 provided a lot for me financially and it was really important for me to be financially independent. Like I had to be, there was no other option for me in my situation. That was really important. Um, I had to kind of have this almost come to Jesus moment where I was like, is this it, Kelsey? Are you going to do this? Are we committing to this? Because you're probably going to keep working for the next 10, 20 years. Like, even though like in my brain, when I first started my job, I was like, I'm just going to do a job and then I'm going to find a husband and then I'm going to be a stay at home mom. Then you start working and you realize like, oh, I'm not built that way. Like I need something for myself. I kind of love contributing. I love doing things for other people. I love being part of a team. And so as you learn those things and you get older, right, you mature, you learn those things about yourself. You're like, what does that mean for this dream of being a stay-at-home mom? Because I still have that dream, right? So I had to really sit down and say, what are, what are the possible avenues that could provide for you financially in the way that you need which, which means a lot of money. Like I I needed something that was a lucrative profession. Um, I I also was like, you're going to leave, if you're going to leave your kids to go do this, you're going to leave them on Monday morning and give them a hug, squeeze, kiss. And then, then, you know, go off to work. Like you better freaking love this, Kelsey. Like you better love this job. So I started to explore anything that I possibly would have loved. I mean, I, I went to massage therapy orientation. I like, like I, I sat through so many like shadow job things to just really get a feel for what is something you could sink your teeth into. And I ended up at a coaching, like a professional and personal coaching seminar, this like really weird free, you know, one day thing and showed up and my husband was like, I don't know what you're going to. It sounds crazy pants, but I was like, I don't know either, but, but something in my gut is telling me. I need to show up for this and just check it out. And I did. And instantly they were talking about who you are as a human, what your beliefs are, what your values are, how those show up in everything from your health to your finances, to your work, to your relationships, and all of these things that I was like, why are we not talking about this in school? Why are we not having bigger conversations about this? And it was then that I realized like, wow, you really love coaching as much as you don't want to admit it, as much as it felt woo woo at the time it was like, you really love coaching. So you need to try to explore it. And, and I did, and I jumped in with both feet, but I did do a lot of my own, like, uh, like kind of side hustling for a while. Like when I committed to it. It wasn't like, oh, you're going to be a coach and you're going to make six figures tomorrow. Like I knew I was going to have to do multiple things at once, which is really against my, the fiber of my being. Cause I am really all about simplifying to amplify as, as my friend Marie would say, it is simplify, simplify, simplify. Um, but I knew for at least that first year or two in business, like if I wanted to make as much money as I needed to, and I was accustomed to, I was having to side hustle it. So I I prioritized my coaching business. And that is one thing I, I really am proud of myself for doing. It was like the number one priority is my coaching business, because if I didn't do that, it wouldn't have grown. But I did take some freelance jobs like for three months here or a freelance job for three months there to supplement that income in the beginning. And then as soon as I started to kind of get a little bit more confidence to see my kind of three, six, 12 month plan, I had some kind of data of like a couple clients and it wasn't a ton, I won't say like it wasn't like I was like, I'm making a ton of money, I'm gonna jump into my job full time. Um but I I had enough data to kind of be able to predict, okay, if it took me this long to get my first few clients, and then it took me this long to get my next few clients, I could probably pull off making this much in the next six to 12 months. Right. So I did that. And then um, I will tell you once I once I leaned into it full time, you know, everything changed for me. Like everything just like skyrocketed. And and I was so lucky to be able to um do so many incredible things, you know, like I, I started my podcast and that very quickly became a top ranked podcast. I was asked by Marie Forleo to go work with her and all of her B-Schoolers in that incredible program. Um, I was able to work with, you know, Twitter and Facebook and go and speak at a bunch of their different headquarters. I mean, it was, it, it started the the snowball. It, it just started to snowball after a while. And, and the beautiful thing about it was um, I had two kids in the process of so two little girls. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, so I literally went from like not having kids to being pregnant, to having kids and newborns, to having multiple kids, um, and always, always with the goal of really trying to work as much part-time hours as I could for the full-time salary. That was always the goal. It was how I started. Um, and sure, there are definitely weeks where I launch something and you know, I take a couple more days here. But in general, I have been able to stay home and be with my kids as much as I have wanted. And that has been probably the most incredible thing, not only for me to watch happen, but for me to show other people that it's possible. Um, it's not easy. I would tell you, but like, I feel like I should preface this with it's not easy. And it's a constant internal conversation you're having with yourself um, about like, Ooh, do I want more time with my kids this week or more time with my kids this year? Like, how am I going to set up my business? What am I going to launch? What, you know, am I going to just do one-on-one clients? But, but it's a beautiful thing to have control over that and to know that you can create that, you know, and that for me, I think has always been the driving thing. I always think about McKenna and Danny, my little girls. And I think, man, I want to do a podcast because I want them to hear me learning, to hear me stumbling, to hear me in the moments where I just launched this first program. And then years later, where it's like a six or seven figure program. Right. And they're like, oh my gosh, like we heard her, you know, through that process. and when I thought about doing the podcast and recording all of this for them, what happened was um, other people wanted to be part of that process too. Right. And other people kind of jumped on board and that's how it picked up a lot of legs and a lot of speed. And I mean, and now here I am talking to you, getting to talk to amazing humans, like for my job, I'm just still like, this is, this is bananas. It's so great.
0: What I like about your story is you have the same perspective as, as we teach, which is your business is about serving what you want in your personal life. Yes. right. Set up your goal personally first. How do you want your life to unfold? And then the business should support that, not the opposite.
1: Oh my gosh. Amen. I feel like it's a, it's, you choose the lifestyle that you want and you, you start there and you build a
0: business model around that, you know? So let's talk about this. So one of the questions we want to answer with this podcast and how people understand is when is it time to go full-time? You talked about your story, right? You had Mm -hmm. side gigs, you were full-time, you side gigged and built and side gig, like, when is it time to move from side gig and business to like go full time?
1: Yeah. Oh, man. So I think there's a lot of things to think about when it comes to that. There's definitely there's some mindset pieces, right? Like I think there's a definite belief that we have that um, or we have a vision of the way it's supposed to look, the way our bank accounts are supposed mm-hmm. to look, the amount of clients we're supposed to have, you know, and, um, and I, I think just allowing yourself to think about like what if it was easy, mm-hmm. you know? what would it look like if this transition was easy what would it look like if um, the money felt easier what would it look like if the 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 process of of letting go of your your other job felt easier what if the process of of putting all your energy and effort into finding more clients to fulfill those spots and money. What if that felt easy? What if it felt fun? You know, and and if, if that feels very woo woo for me to say, but it's something that has been going on in my life a lot right now. Is I've noticed that a, our internal dialogue a lot of the times is telling us that things are really, really hard. Like we have, we have kind of just made this assumption that it's going to be hard. Like I'm. I have a daughter that's about to go off to kindergarten, right? Like I'm renovating a house right now, which I literally has never been a dream of mine. It's just not like, it's just, it is factually not a dream, but I've been having these internal dialogues that it's going to be, it's going to be devastating. Like when I think about my kind of going off to kindergarten, I cry. Like my eyes are like, I feel it in my eyes right now. Like the, you know, like I know um, that, that it's going to be this huge emotional thing for me, but I've kind of been having this internal dialogue of like, it's going to be horrible. Like it's going to suck, you know, like, and instead being like, what if it's beautiful? What if it's amazing? You know, and I can still cry about it. You know, I can still be emotional about it, but what if it's, what if it's the best thing that ever happened to her? You know, the best, like the best thing that ever happened to me. And I think just like, when I say those things, and if anyone's listening and they say those things about their coaching business, about what life would look like if they started going full-time in their coaching business, if they really believed in themselves and they put that energy and effort. And if that, if if you feel that tug, right? Like if you feel like, if it feels like a weight is lifted off your shoulder to think, what if it was easy? What if it was fun? Then I would say there's probably fear is the thing holding you back you know, like fear and, and negative internal dialogue. And and those are the things that we can control. There are definite things out in the world we cannot control. But like if if one of those things is fear or a negative internal dialogue, or you're already future predicting that this is gonna go sideways, you know, you're already fr- future predicting that like, I'm gonna have to hustle. It's gonna be crazy. I'm gonna hate my life. Like I I do that a lot when I think about programs or launches that I wanna do. I'm like very resistant because I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. my motto is simple. My motto is, um, not overextending myself. My motto is not hustling. So my gut, when I think about a new product or program is like, Nope, mm-mm. like, Nope, uh uh-uh. uh, yeah, can't commit to it. You know? And then I stop. And I think like, what if it was easy? You know, what if it was fun? What if it was beautiful? Is there a way to do that? And, and it's 50, 50. Sometimes I'm like, Nope, it's still too much. And the other time I'm like, <gasps> Yes, if it was fun- that would be amazing. Like, and so I think about people starting their coaching business, and I think it is gonna be a lot of work. It is like I am, I will not sugarcoat it for you. It will be a lot of work. Like, and it is going to push you and it is going to light a fire. But if that, but if the idea of building it could be easy, it could be fun, it could be light, it could be joyful, it could spark so much inspiration, it could prove to yourself that you could build something that you are proud proud of that you have complete ownership over, you know, if that spark, if if hearing that feels so exciting for you, it's like, then you already know then like you don't even need to be listening to stephanie and i like that tug is in there it's it, it's it's ready for you it's time to sit down and let your logical brain devise a plan on paper get your excel spreadsheet out or get your you know colored gel pens or whatever gets exciting for you allow your logical brain to to look at something intellectually and plan the next 3 to 6 to 12 months out right and then trust your gut and go for it you know, I think that I'm never, I'm never a proponent of people putting themselves in a financially precarious situation yeah. like that. I'm not a jump off the cliff kind of a person. So that would never be my recommendation. But the amount of things that we can do and accomplish is significant. We're incredibly resourceful beings. And if this, if you feel the tug that this is what you actually want, and if you looked back in 10 years from now and you regretted not going for it, you you regret not giving it a shot, um, then, then I, I would I would encourage you to let that guide some of your decisions. Because if you haven't been letting that guide some of your decisions, there's a part of you that probably feels off. It probably feels a little inauthentic. You probably second guess kind of that gut feeling. Um, but if you're real quiet and you just listen to the tug, like I'll say there are little peaks of curiosity, right? Like things that are like, What? You could be a coach and get paid to do that. Like, wait, what? Like uh, those little peaks, those little tugs, we teach ourselves to shove them to the side because we have to do laundry because we have to get, make the kids lunch. You know, we have life. So we teach ourselves to shove our intuition to the side. Like it doesn't matter, but it's there. Everyone has it. Like it's there. Some of you are like, oh dude, I am, I am connected with my intuition. It's my bestie. We are moving forward. But some of you may have been shoving it to the side. So just allow those tugs to have a spot and just like, just listen to them, you know,
0: it's very interesting, because part of the non diet approach is intuitive eating.
1: Mm.
0: Right? So Mm. either the people listening right now have been trained in the modality, or they're interested in being trained in the modality, but I'll put that and contextualize that for them. Those eating cues that we say should be the driving force of your eating choices are the same sensation in your body that Kelsey is describing as far as making a decision for your body. It's that gut feeling come from it's exact same thing. It's called interoception awareness. So if you've been practicing it with food, apply it to your business. I
1: love that. And now I feel like I need to practice it with food.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll talk about that when we go into your podcast. Right? <laughs> Let's talk about one thing that often is a stumble block for people when they move from working for someone else or doing the side hustle to coming into their business is the concept of creating value instead of earning dollars and how creating value as a coach is what will bring you money. I love that.
1: Ah. I love that, like people can't see us right now, but we're on video. I'm like, you're literally the way you're using your arms and saying like earning dollars and creating value, like, yes. oh my goodness, they both feel so big and meaty, you know? Yes. And, and then when you, you shift from one to the other, it can be a bit of a, some mental gymnastics there. Yeah. I feel like, um, it's really tough. It's so interesting that, that you're talking about this right now, because I don't, I don't know that, uh that ever goes away, that doubt and that question of, am I creating value? But as you mature in your business, as you get more clients, as you do more of the work, you do more sessions or you start more programs, you just have more data, right? And by data, you just have more humans, right? You have more humans that have given you feedback. And that feedback is... I mean, we can call it data, we can call it testimonials, we can call it feedback, or we can just call it that true connective experience of understanding the impact you're having on another human's life right? And um, a lot of times when you're first starting out, that's something that you want so bad. You want to know that what I'm doing is going to work, that I'm going to get them results. And um, the the tough answer to that is you will, once you start working with them, like when you start, when you go for it, it's funny. We just added this little, this little um, reciprocal coaching module to our, uh, to a program I'm working on because of that exact reason. Like people were like, I'm not really sure what my methodology is. I'm not really sure what, how I want to have coaching conversations. I'm not really sure I can get people results. And I'm like, like, you're not going to know till you try. But when you go from being a very like well-respected, you know, dollars earner with a boss And you spent all this time, like, you know, building your reputation, and then someone wants you to go be a newbie and like test things out. You're like, come on. Like, it's so hard for the ego to do that and to like raise your hand and say, I'm going to go back to amateur status. Like, I just hit master expert status in this one department, but now I'm going to do something completely different um, and be an amateur again. So, But once you do that, once you embrace the amateur beginning, right, you embrace every master, every expert does it. We embrace that amateur beginning and we speed through it. Like that's what I usually teach people to do. I'm like, the more coaching calls you can set up this weekend, the more you can get on on your plate this week, the more you're going to speed up that amateur beginning that you don't like. You don't like being the amateur. So let's get you into more coaching sessions, right? Like let's do that kind of work so you get get out of them and instead of being like oh yeah I had one great coaching session this week it's like what if you walk out and you're like I had four great coaching sessions mm-hmm. and one so-so you know and I learned in that one that was so-so you know x y and z right and then you reapply that and so the next week you have even better coaching conversations um so I feel like that question of your value It changes and it's a continuous question as you build in your business, right? So right now I'm building like a big program, but when I first started one-on-one coaching, I absolutely had the question of value. Like, am I creating value? Am I creating impact? And then I worked with people and then I got the feedback and then I worked with enough people and I had enough money in my bank account to be like, this is valuable. People are willing to pay for this. I'm validating this offer. I am validating my services. Um, And then I wanted to do a group program. And it was like, I had to start back from square one with that mindset piece, right? Because it was like, yes, I know I created value for all these people, but this is a, this is a new learning, right? Like I'm going to step into something brand new. And so for me as an entrepreneur, being able to accept that as part of the process and recognize that I'm going to be a lifelong learner has been such a significant shift in where I was when I was earning dollars and I was had a boss. It was like, your your, your trajectory is up. That's, it. Like you're just consistently going vertical. It's up, up, up. Whereas an entrepreneur or as a coach, um, it is such a fluid, cyclical, beautiful lifestyle that you're entering into. Like it's a lifelong journey. It's no longer just this um, upward trajectory of like checking some boxes, you know, or
0: retiring at 55 years old because you've done that many years. Like I can't even think about retiring. Like I just I don't conceptualize that anymore because I love what I do every minute of the day.
1: Yes, yeah, it's such a different world too. I still yeah. there. There is a there is a big generational difference there as well too. You know because I think even even if we're in the generation where like our peers and even our parents don't even have that mentality of retirement or pensions or yeah. anything like that, there's still a general sense of oh you start your first half of your life or your first third of your life is all education, right? Like your third of your life is education. And then the next third, the second third is all work, right? Like you just hunker down and you hustle and you work and it's miserable. Right. And then the, the third third is like, then you get to relax and have fun and retire. And I'm like, first of all, but, I mean, does that sound fun to anybody? Like, no, but second of all, that's just not a reality at all in our life anymore. There's no like pensions or the way that, that finances yeah. are working now. There's no retirement. Like you can, uh, you could retire at 40 based off the opportunity that the internet is giving everybody right now. But the goal, I think in a big push is everyone's like, find your passion, find something yes. you love. And the beauty of that is that you don't You don't now see like an end date that you are hustling for anymore. Mm -hmm. You are building the lifestyle that you're so in love with right now, where you are not working on Fridays and you are traveling to go camping or to do whatever you want to do with, you know, like while you are young and have the time to do it. Like it's, it's a really cool shift, but it is a big, it's a big jump for a lot of people in the way that our brains have kind of been taught to think about work.
0: Yeah, because it's even in the culture of entrepreneur, there is some thought leader that are like, well, it's about the hustle, right? You got to work like 80 hours a week and you got to work weekends. Like that mentality has been taken off of this like three separate phase of your life and then moved into the world of entrepreneur. And then you still find yourself hustling. That's what I did the first three years. Like I applied my corporate thinking to like building a business, my Whoa! What am I doing here? Like I'm yep. just replicating. Like hold on a minute here, and that's when like first business closed, and then this business opened because I was I was reproducing. I wasn't creating yes. my new life.
1: Oh, I love that, and um, that resonates so so much with me. Um because i had a similar experience and even when so funny i just had like my own life coaching um session this morning and we talked about just talked about this exact stuff because um it does it, uh, you still have those triggers i think i i spent a lot of my younger years in my childhood um trying to patch things together and just kind of make it all right and and work you know to be seen and and it was hard and it was just always hard and that was the assumption in my brain. It's supposed to be hard. It's okay that it's hard. You just make it work. And that was reinforced in the corporate world, right? It was just hustle. It's supposed to be kind of crappy. Like you're supposed to work all the time. Like it's just, that's how it is. And I've been doing my business now for, I mean, probably eight or nine years. And and I have created this beautiful lifestyle with these two children that, that I said that I, I am freaking in love with. But The last couple months, I've launched a few new programs and it was almost like my brain went back into that mindset of like, this is just going to be hard, right? It's just going to be hard and you just make it work. And I had this moment, the last couple of weeks, I had these ahas of being like, Oh no, Kelsey, like you are going back into that old triggered mentality of if you launch these programs, it's going to be hard. Like it's just going to be hard. And so I had to step back and said, what if it was easy? What if it was fun? What if you built it the way you wanted to build it? Could it still be impactful and beautiful and financially lucrative? Like, what if you simplify just to the things that you care about? And, um, and the second I started doing that a few weeks ago, it was like, everything just became so much easier and so much more meaningful to me. It was like, I was spending more time with my kids. I I went back to the reason I built the business in the first place, you know, but, but I will say that that probably is going to come up for everybody at different moments. Like it doesn't just go away the second you become an entrepreneur, you know? It
0: just is funny. We're living life in parallel because two weeks ago with my therapist, that's what we talked about. We talked about the trauma of the corporate world. And me, me, because part of healing trauma is realizing that you're recreating your life to repeat the experience of the trauma, right? Until you interrupt it. She's like, she's not a business person. She's a therapist. like, it seemed like you're doing the same thing again like you're making things hard. What if it wasn't hard? Like, oh, hold on a minute. Like, we have to be so self-aware because we'll fall right back into these old ways. Anyway. Oh, oh I love it. Beautiful conversation by the way. <laughs> I love that. So, how can people know more about you or what you do or programs that you may have?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, like I mentioned, I'm a bit of an introvert. So if you come and you find me on Instagram at Kelsey Murphy, or you go to my website, kelseymurphy.com, Murphy.com, am definitely like hop into my DMS or for sure get on my email list. Cause I reply personally to anybody that responds on my email list. Um, doesn't matter how big it gets. Like I always block off time in my week. I have my assistant, I'm like block off time. And, and it's funny because each week I'm like, yeah, you're going to need to throw another 20 minutes in there because <laughs> I'm getting more remote replies, but that is really where I, I try to be really um, personal and intimate. So people can go onto my website at KelseyMurphy.com. And, and I also have this, re- if, if anyone is think, like in the business building phase, um, I do talk about the way that I build my business and kind of the, the idea of building it around a lifestyle. So you can go to KelseyMurphy.com backslash how to plan. And it literally will show you how to plan a business with the idea of putting your lifestyle in
0: the forefront uh, before you choose your business model. I love that. That's the perfect compliment to this session here. Yay. Thank you, Kelsey. It was a pleasure chatting with you today.
1: Oh my goodness. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate everything you're doing.
0: So there you have it, my sister. What did you learn from this? Nobody can make the decision for you when it's time for you to go full-time in your business or when it's the right time for you to transition to a non-diet approach in your current practice. But one thing I know is that you need to set yourself up for success. And if that's something that you need, I'm here for you. (laughs) and our program the going to be on the food non diet mentorship program is the space for you to do this is the space for you to set yourself up for success both professionally and from a business perspective remember when i shared my story at the beginning both transition that i did i hired someone who knew what they were doing because i didn't know right That's what I offer you within the framework of the non-diet mentorship program, a space where I know what I'm doing and I'm able to coach you on how to professionally coach others on body image, on intuitive eating, on mindset work and emotional intelligence, but also how to build an ethical non-diet business. It's a six-month journey of business and personal growth. We open this program twice a year, every six months, and you need to register yourself on the wait list. So we're currently, if you're listening live to this in the middle of May, we are currently enrolling all the people that were on our wait list. And if we have space left after doing this, then we will open to the public on May the 21st. If you're listening to this at any other time, just register yourself on the waitlist. We max out that 30 people because this is a high-touch program where I work with you to learn your professional skills and your business skills. So there's a cap to how many people I can work intensely with. So 30 people is the max. That's why we have this waitlist process. If you want to know more, you're just not ready for that. That's okay. We also have trainings that we do. And I'm hosting one on May the 20th. And the title of it is the seven step blueprint to build a profitable non diet business and attract clients that are ready to work. So that's on May the 20th. You'll find all the links, all this stuff in the show notes for you to register. And this is it. I hope this episode will give you some Thoughts for you to reflect on so you can make the decision when it's the right time for you to go full time. The next episode, episode five of season three, we're going to talk about how to unfold a non diet approach in all sectors of health care from nutritionist to therapist to fitness professional. What does that look like? in different sector of health. I love you and I look forward to hang out with you on the next episode.